Yo, what's up, Survival Life? It's your girl, AD, one part of the Survival Life tribe. And I am here with our first full-length official episode. I'm excited. I am encouraged, but I'm also mindful that I probably won't be able to crank these out every week. So I haven't determined what my level of commitment is. I have decided to be a little bit more honest about what I can commit myself to. I'm a Gemini, a May Gemini, and that's a deadly, like, it's such a bad thing to have so many things you want to do and try to do it, and then you just don't accomplish anything. I think someone said I'm like a jack of all trades, uh, but a master of none. Yes, pretty much explains, like, who I am as a person, but, you know, I really get excited about doing something new, trying new things, Um, so I'm super excited about this podcast. I have to determine um, how many episodes I can crank out a month. I know some people I hear is like, oh, I drop content every Thursday or every Friday, once a week. Some people do it even twice a week. There's some people that have been podcasting, like, they do it every day or Monday through Friday. I'm not going to be that type of pothead. Like, I can't do it. I can't keep up. I'm not going to keep up because I have other things that I want to engage in. Um, So what I want to do is get better at fulfilling whatever I say I'm going to do. So I'm going to aim for twice a month. It's funny because I might have mentioned this in the last episode, but I wanted to do blogging and I did like one, one blog for the episode and I was felt so guilty and bad about it because I'm like, Adrian, you know you can write more, you know you can do more, but I really just didn't, I don't know, either A, I just truly didn't have the time and I was like pulled into so many different directions, or B, I just um, (laughs) didn't commit like I I should have and, and I'm making an excuse by saying I had a lot of other things to do, but I am most excited about doing this podcast because I am a pothead. I listen to tons of podcasts. Um, In fact, I probably listen to that almost more than music now. Definitely don't listen to the radio. I can't tell you the last time I turned the radio on, but I really do enjoy all types of podcasts. And like I said, I, I was really just like out the blue which is probably better for me as a person because I overthink. It's like, oh, I'll start a podcast when I have X, Y, Z done and one, two, three lined up. Um, But I think it was nice that I was sick, bored, in the bed, and a little bit tipsy (laughs) is why that other episode cranked out. So I'm excited about this. I am excited to see what people think. I know this is like a really niche type of podcast. Um, Black prepping, black survivalists, black homesteading, uh, black outdoors. I don't know. I know there's some episodes that touch, there's some podcasts that maybe touch on it, but I'm not sure if that's their whole content or intent. Um, As I told you previously, Survival Life is about promoting black self-sufficiency, and we do that through learning about skills and knowledge in the outdoors, emergency preparedness, survival skills, um, those are primitive skills, and homesteading off-grid type of lifestyle. So a little bit of everything. They all connect in some sort of way, but then they all differ. Um, Their levels differ. Um, So we're just going to be talking about all things that fall under that. And of course, I'm probably going to throw in a couple of episodes that might not be completely related just because, I don't know, maybe I just have some like on my mind type of podcast. But I'm really excited. I really want to make this a go. I really want to crank out those two episodes a month. 
So hold me to it, you guys. Like hold me accountable. Call my shit if I don't do it. <laughs> like let me know. Uh, I think what's gonna make it easy is when I start to interview some people. There's some people I think are just phenomenal, like everyday people that I want to talk to, want to get their thoughts on it, like your everyday prepper, right? Like this isn't the people you see on YouTube that has like these big followings and they're showing you how to, you know, hunt off the back of a buffalo or I don't know, a horse or something like that. These people that are so advanced and skilled. No, we're like the everyday preppers. We are either brand new. Um, we are people who maybe read and have been, you know, thought about it, engaged in it little bit by little bit. Um, everybody's different. Some people just really aren't like, no, I'm not going to do the prepping thing. I'm not going to sit up there and stockpile. That's crazy. I'm a minimalist, um, but maybe they're into the primitive skills of things, or maybe they're just into the homesteading. So everybody has a different interest for why they're in survival life, but we welcome you all. Um, and hopefully you'll find that, like I said, a lot of those things, they kind of correlate with each other. They kind of intersect with each other. So that makes it interesting. And I want to interview a few close people of mine. I have to interview my committee. Like I really am hoping that everybody um, will participate in this. We have Earthsea Detroit, I think is like just one of the most phenomenal women I have met in a long time. Uh, so full of knowledge, so full of like love and how to practice um, healing and just taking care of yourself through herbs. Um, so that's like, that could be a whole couple of episodes. Um, there's so much to touch on with Earthsea Detroit. So please go to YouTube, follow Earthsea Detroit. Um, also follow on Facebook, uh, Instagram. You can find her there, really good information. So I want to do a podcast, plural, with Ursi Detroit. And then I want to just jump into some of the people um, that, you know, we make these decisions as a group or what we want to do as a group, what we're looking for for the future. Um, we have my right hand man, I'd say, um, just always there to like, sis, <laughs> that's the part whenever he says, sis, that means like, slow down, think about what you're about to do before you do it. Um, straight out of Cleveland, I can't wait. He goes by so many different names. International, I think, is what we're up to right now. Um, but I want to interview him. Like, how did you get started? Why did you get started? Where are you going from here? He has an interesting perspective on prepping and what one should include in their prep plan. I am very excited to interview my boy TM, I'm not going to say full names. I don't really think it matters, but just out of respect, some people don't like their names out there. But TM, I did not mention him in the last episode. I kind of called out a few people that were not in the Michigan area. So Survival Life is predominantly Detroit area people. Um, but we do have some people that's from out of state and of all the states. How could I not forget my dog? This brother rode in from Oklahoma, but get it right. He is from Alabama, hails from Alabama, born and raised, family's there, probably will go back to Alabama, who knows. But right now he's in Oklahoma and he came all the way from Oklahoma to Idlewild, Michigan. So Idlewild, Michigan from us is about three and a half hours, I think, like, uh, up, uh, up north, northwest or something like that. Um, but Idlewild, Michigan is a historic black resort. Um, a lot like my grandmother always talked about it. 
um, back when Blacks weren't allowed to go to resorts where white people were. Idlewild, Michigan was created and families from Chicago, I think parts of New York, like Buffalo area, whatever, Indiana was big. Uh, Michigan definitely held it down, Detroit area. So they were, all the black families would go up there and my grandmother was just like, and the performers would come, big name performers. And that was like childhood for her. That was coming of age. If somebody could do a story, a, a real story on what Idlewild meant and the symbolic of it. I think that would be so great. But he came all the way from Oklahoma to Idlewild for a camp session that we did, a Black to Eden, which Idlewild was known as Black Eden, a Black to Eden camp out session um, that we did. So I'm like, how committed can you be? That's like commitment right there. Can you admit some people couldn't even come from Detroit? They had transportation. They might have been a little nervous about, okay, I'm about to be camping out for a weekend with some people I don't know. But when you walk away, you're going to walk away with family. I'm telling you, we had a great time. Um, TM was up in there. Um, he learned a lot about Detroit, I think, because uh, we played some music. And I definitely think um, he was like, okay, there's something different. But it was a pleasure. That's my dog there. I would love to get an interview with him. He has some Great insight, great insight on just the whole idea of prepping, um, great knowledge. So I think that's going to be dope. And then, of course, I got to get the Ranger, Urban Ranger. You can follow him on Instagram, YouTube. Uh, I'm not sure about Facebook, maybe Facebook, but I, I think Instagram and YouTube are the places. Urban Ranger was somebody who I started with. So I the whole survival I think came about because somebody was asking about, uh, it was a young lady. We were in like a black wall street Facebook group. And I don't even know how the conversation came up, but maybe it was, I can't remember, but I remember her saying, um, something to the effect of, well, I want to go camping and I, you know, I would love to take my son. And how come there's no things for like black people don't do that? And like, I'm, you know, I can find tons of white group. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I was like, even where I live at, there's like three different meetup groups. But I am going to be the only black person on top of that, the only black woman. So add that to it. I was like, I don't feel comfortable taking my kids, you know, in an area where we're going to be like outnumbered and we're not going to feel natural. Like the whole point of getting out to nature is to be relaxed and like, you're not going to feel that way. I've never felt that way when I'm the only one. Um, <clears throat> so her and I was talking and I'm like, well, we should just create something. <laughs> so literally like, just was like, as usual, per my Gemini mindset, Created survival life. That simple, that quick, that easy. Um, so, yeah, so I created it. She jumped in. I think I was like, now it's time to recruit. Okay, how do I do this? Like, where do Black preppers hang out at? Where can I find Black preppers? So I went to the meetup group and I just started like going into some of these prepper groups. They were white groups. And I think I typed in. Oh, at the time, his name wasn't Urban Ranger. It wasn't Urban Ranger in the meetup group. It was something, but he was black. He had a black ass name. I'm like, it ain't no way your name is this and you ain't going to be down for the call. So I like reached out to him like, hey, like, why don't we have something for black people? He was like, yeah, like we should. We met up. First time meeting up, I think we met up at a park or something and uh, had our backpacks. It was just like this surreal moment. Um, in fact, I think Somebody had made a comment, a uh, white passerby had came up um, because Urban Ranger had a camel kilt on. And 
I had something. I don't know if it was some sort of like weapon or stick. I had some, whatever it was, it was just like this, what are y'all doing? Which is kind of weird because I feel like they would, it is weird. It's not kind of weird. It's weird because they wouldn't go up to somebody else and ask them like, oh, what's going on? I happen to notice you. They noticed us because we were both black. Um, I think, and we, from there, Urban and I hung, like we would put, make these events. Nobody would show except for him and I, and we would go just walk into the woods, filter water, drink water. Uh, we would go walk into the woods and just like learn how to do knot ties. So we did a lot of that together. And then the next year, the group started to grow. Um, so definitely want to get him on there because he's like hardcore. He's like, it's 30 something degrees outside, but what that got to do with me not being able to camp, he's going to still go do it. So really love his perspective. But today... Today I am, this has been on my mind for a long time because I am in a couple of Black Prepper groups on Facebook and I see Black Preppers on Instagram. And, you know, it's either like real shit, real stuff, or it's either, it's like a comedy show. <laughs> and I've always been like, man, they're just like so, there's this so many types of preppers out there. And so today's show is what type of prepper are you? You know, you fall in a category. You may fall in more than one, but you definitely are a certain type of prepper. It's like, what's the archetype of your like prepping style? Um, so that's what we are going to call. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, so there's a lot of them. There, There's all different types of them. Um, but the ones that I've noticed, and I'm so curious if I missed any type of prepper, whether the stereotype prepper or the prepper that you run into, please tell me because I'd love to like update my list. Uh, but the type of preppers that I see, we have the weapon prepper. <laughs> Everybody knows the weapon prepper. They got knives, they got ammo, they got guns, and they got lots of it. And they're going to survive because according to them, they can take on a mob, no matter if that mob has more guns than them, and there are a hundred of them, and it's only like that one person against those hundred, you know, person mob. Um, they seem to think that's all they need. Like, hey, I got, I got a weapon, I got a knife, I got a machete. Like, and come, you come for me if you want to. Like the weapon prepper, um, very cocky, um, and. Hey, some of them have great, you know, they should be cocky. They are well-trained. Um, they hone in their skill. They work on it on the daily. But the weapon prepper, like, in fact, when I was looking up trying to find prepping groups, like, I kept getting, like, diverted to, like, oh, go to gun, you know, gun clubs or go join gun groups because, like, that's, but I, but then I, I didn't see a, the whole picture of what prepping looked like from those groups. It was like just a very small sliver of what prepping looked like. And it was the defense part. Um, so they had that down pat. So that's the weapon prepper. Then there's the, throw out the complete opposite, the garden prepper, the herbalist. So the garden prepper, like they're going to plant, grow, harvest, and heal, heal themselves right out of the SHTF. That's how they're going to do it. Like you guys can go crazy out there. I'll never need to go to the store. Everything I need is right in my backyard. I get sick. I can pick my whatever um, herbs that I have out there. Um, you know what? I'm going to be honest, though. I like the garden prepper. I like the garden prepper and the herbalist because I've yet, and correct me if I'm wrong, for the most part, 
garden heads, they are the most chill folks. Like they just, they, they don't start a lot of stuff. They don't get into like the chaos of things. They are just chill. Um, yeah, maybe they won't be able to like haul off and get a good shot or, you know, maybe they won't be able to do some of the other things. But personally, I like the garden prepper. Then we have the Musclehead Super Fit Prepper. So the Super Fit Prepper, they can outrun you, they can outpull up you, they can outpush up you, and they can outfight you. Um, this is what they they believe this, and that sometimes you'll see the Weapon Prepper um, and the Physical Prepper. I feel like they square off sometimes with each other, and it's always over some old hypothetical situation. Uh, so, for example. Uh, the muscle head prepper might tell the weapon prepper like, okay, like, okay, so you go through your whole stockpile of ammo and you need to run a safety, but you can't because you're not in shape. Or, <laughs> or then maybe like conversely, you'll hear the weapon prepper say, oh, okay, okay. Like you may be in optimal prime shape, but your muscles can't stop these bullets. So you doomed and you ain't going to survive. Like, you know, those type of situations, like they change the situation so that it fits like perfectly for whatever it takes for them to survive. Um, so the muscle head prepper is just this firm believer that a lot of y'all are just going to like, like zombies are even walking at a slow pace. And because you haven't worked out in a couple of years and you got a little weight on you and maybe you drink wine every day as a way to like, you know, relax and go to sleep. Like you're just going to get like eaten up when the chaos happens, when the SHTF happens, because you're not fit. So those are what I call the muscle head super fit preppers. Then we have the gadget preppers. Oh, Okay, gadget preppers are like the show and tell preppers. They got every convenient dope new gadget known to preppers. They got bobs on top of bobs on top of bobs. And each of those bug out bags are packed with, um, you know, those Facebook ads that come up. Like you look at one thing or you say one thing, multi-use tool or like a uh, portable stove. And then before you know it, Facebook is like feeding you tents and, and knives and machetes and all these different type of prepper gadgets um, that you never see in a store, but you always see them on the Facebook feed and on IG. Um, so that's what we call the gadget prepper. Uh, we have the lone wolf prepper. <sighs> you know what? <laughs> I almost am appreciative of lone wolf preppers. Like, yeah, I probably wouldn't want you in my group, but Maybe they're not so bad, but the lone wolf prepper, they believe that all they need is themselves. And it's better that way. Like they don't have to worry about fighting, no getting portrayed by people. They go where they want, when they want. They don't have to split whatever they uh, catch or their little mountain house. Is that what it's called? Teriyaki MRE packs with you. They are just responsible for themselves. And they believe it's easier that way. They believe that being solo helps them navigate um, in the world better. They got this. They will be on their own 24-hour lookout team. They got their own hunter um, and gatherer team. They are the hunter and gatherer team. They're the cook. Uh, they go get their water. They filter their water. They would do the work of a tribe, but by themselves. They don't need nobody. The lone wolf truly believes that um, one is a lucky number. One is a, a good number. It's not a lonely number. Uh, so that's the lone wolf prepper. Then we have the quite the opposite. You know this person. Like I I don't know if I'm 
quite this person, but I may somewhat fall into this group, but not really. Like I know my limits, but it's the rollout, the welcome mat. Everybody is welcome prepper. You come on people. You've seen this person. They are the opposite of the lone wolf because they're sending out invitations to everybody to come join them when SHTF when it hits the fan. Um, they tell you, oh, I got more than enough food and I got space. The more, the merrier. You know, you may hear them say things like, yeah, you know what? Not, not me. I'm only taking in my mama, my daddy, my kids, uh, my best friend and her three kids, my auntie on my mama's side, my uncles on my daddy's side, and the lady who sits in the same pew as me in church. And just a few of my friends. That's it. But no more than that. That's all that I'm not taking care of nobody else. Uh, they will accommodate anyone and everyone from the young to the small. Um, they truly believe that a safe community needs a lot of people. Um, that is the, we're not turning anybody away prepper. Then you have the bougie prepper. I'm ashamed people to think that it, I'm pretty sure I got some bougie prepping in me. I know that because I brought like this massive bag of basmati rice and I still have that thing. I'm like, you couldn't just for cheaper get the white rice, which I mean, white rice is okay. I, I could, you know, but yeah, so maybe I might fall into this. But the bougie prepper is such a thing. It really, it exists. Uh, usually they have, their stockpile is like, could be like, you could just sell it and it could probably like go and craft it and sell it or something like that because they got a tote full of like their candles smell good so when it, the lights go off the grid gets knocked out they can set the mood um with some nice smell good candles their bug out bag has like cute matching emergency clothes in it all their food is name brand that they stockpile uh and like I said, maybe they don't have rice. Now, I didn't have this, but maybe they have quinoa and couscous. I don't know. But their REI tents can accommodate like a big group of people, 10 people. But then, you know, they're not quite sure how they're going to like lug that around. The bougie prepper. They're out there. Let's not shun them too bad because at least they're doing something. I mean, if they have the money to buy like the high expensive end stuff, then they're still doing it. So maybe we shouldn't care. Then, oh boy, I pray for these ones. The let me die without fighting prepper. I'm not even sure they are a prepper, to be honest. Like, if you're just willing to die without fighting, that doesn't sound like prepping. That sounds like the anti-prepper. Like, you're just against it. So they won't try to fight. They won't try to live. Uh, they have asked. I mean, they just want you to be like, just take me in a swift manner. Like, just take me out real quick so I don't feel the pain. You know, or you'll hear them say things like, you know, just give me my alcohol. You know, give me some weed because, you know, when death comes, they want to be out of their mind when it happens. Um, yeah, those the let me die without fighting preppers. They're not even like... <laughs> they will be the first ones to go. That probably would give you a little bit of time to get your plan together and make your swift moves. <laughs> swift moves, sorry. Then we have the Debo Prepper. For some reason, they have this thought, these Debo Preppers, that they don't even need to prepare because they're just going to take everything that you worked hard to store and, and, and get. Uh, so yeah, these are people um, who think that even though you're serious serious enough to like train yourself up to get the skills that you needed to collect the stuff that you needed that they're just going to walk up and you're going to let them like just take this stuff right from you they're going to jack you the debo prepper 
they're out there. Trust me, I've seen a plenty. Like, well, I'm gonna just take you for your stuff. Ain't gonna happen. Gee, that's not gonna happen. Picnic preppers. Picnic preppers. These preppers don't really understand the gravity of SHTF. They have this romanticized idea that it's going to be easy, like, like you know, booking a trip to an amusement park or something. They get excited about the thought of stuff hitting the fan, um, even though they've never been in a situation like that. Like in their mindset, they think, well, I've got some stuff, so come bring it on, bring it on. I can't, oh man, this all power out for only three days. This was nothing. You know, when is it going to just be down for life or for months at a time? You know, like they're waiting for this chaos that they've never had to live in, but somehow they're going to be A-OK in it. Um, these are the same people who I think like think that their bug out location that they really have never been to. So it's not a bug out location if you have not like determined how you can live there, how long you can stay there and what resources are there. If you just got a mind, I'm just going to like roam off into the wilderness. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But these people seem to think their bug out destination, their bug out place is like a travel destination of some sorts. Picnic preppers. It's not fun stuff, people. Like, nobody wants this. Ah, opposite of the picnic pack preppers brings me to the hood preppers, the from the streets preppers. So you'll likely hear them say things like, man, we black. We've been surviving for years. Or we've been in a shit hit the fan situation all our lives. This ain't going to be nothing new. And I see no lies there. I mean, I agree. We've had it rough. Some of us more than others. But um, hood prepping, hood survival, and a straight up chaotic emergency be under attack. Food ain't available at all. It's not even an option. Water is tainted or cut off. That's a whole nother level. But, you know, you can't tell them nothing because they really think that it can't get any worse than what they deal with on a day to day. And while I'm like really always like want to check that person and be like, you you really just don't know how bad it could really get. I almost I don't say anything because anybody who feels like, you know, who expresses that it's been that hard, you know, that's tough, you know, so hard to digest that one. But you got the hood prepper, um, the ultimate prepper. They got it, everything. They thought of everything. It's like no. Um, nothing has been left unchecked. They have a face mask for every type of situation that may happen. They got stockpiles of food, stockpiles of medicine, you name it. They got it. Uh, the ultimate prepper, you know, they got their bunker ready. They bunker ready. That's what the ultimate prepper is. And that leads me to my last one. I think you guys can identify with this one. Some of you may. The Facebook prepper, the IG prepper, the Twitter prepper, and the YouTube university prepper. You know this prepper all too well, people. <laughs> Either they are posting about how much they know or are ready for whatever happens, or probably more commonly, you probably see them commenting on posts. They are always in a group, uh, Facebook generally, 
And they only come in that group to tell you how wrong you are, or they try to throw in some extra storyline that had nothing to do with what you were prepping for or talking about. So they throw this hypothetical monkey wrench into the scenario just to poke holes in your story. In fact, I bet a grip that, no, I bet my life straw, my portable stove, and my iodine tablets that they rarely ever post themselves. They Instead, they just come up in comments acting like the SME, like they're the subject matter experts. Uh, you won't see NAN practice targets that they've done, but they'll be steady telling somebody about what they didn't do with their um, shooting right. You'll never see them set up the shelter, do a fire. Hey, you don't even see them glamp at that, but they're going to tell you that they know everything and they're going to tell you everything you're doing wrong. The social media prepper. I'm going to be honest. Like, that's by far my most, that's the one I hate the most. I'm, and I'm not talking about the people who give good advice because they, they give good advice and they take good advice. Like, you, it's some people in there with huge egos, huge egos. Um, and they, you, like, you just, you see them because they comment so often. And it's always, like, something of a, like, they're coming off like they know everything type of prepper. Those ones I can't stand because I just feel like I don't care what you are unless you've like actually been through this. You're still new to it. You're a newbie. You might be further along than some people, but everybody has to start somewhere. And, you know, I'm always of the opinion that I am like, and then there's some people, oh my God, the doomsday prepper. Like that is probably the most, that's not the one I hate the most. That's the most prominent prepper that you'll see. Um, you'll see someone who is only, only motivated to prep. Like everything they post is like the worst situation ever. It's like the, the news that let out some information. It hasn't even been 12 hours. Nothing's been confirmed. You know how news sensationalized stuff, but oh man, the doomsday prepper grabs a hold of it. And that is all they talk about. Oh, like you can't, get them to talk about anything else other than the worst case scenarios. Now, that's cool. If that's what gets you motivated. If you just have to like always live in fear in order to be motivated, whatever it takes. I know for me, I'm less likely motivated by fear, but I'm motivated by like, oh, wow, me and my friends, you know, like the tribe, we learned how to do X, Y, Z. And oh man, me and my friends, we're talking about stepping our game up to do this. Or, and I'm more motivated by saying like, if an emergency never, ever happens, if we never get to that point, thank you. You know, like, thank you. I don't want to get, I'm not a picnic prepper. You know, I'm not a party prepper. I don't want it to ever get that way. But if it does, one, I want to be prepared. But even more than that, the most important thing is I just love the idea that survivalism and prepping and homesteading and outdoors for me, what's motivating, it gets you back to the basic. It centers you. It grounds you. Everything is so technology. Everything is so convenient. I feel like we don't even have instinct anymore because of that. Like, So we've lost our instinct because we're just being fed everything. Um, so for me, I like the idea of prepping and, and learning primitive skills because I just want to get back to the basics. That's fun to me. That's you know educational for me. That enlightens me. So I really like that. But you tell me, like, drop a line um, on our IG on Instagram at Survival Life. Uh, what type of prepper are you? And which preppers really grind your gears? Which prepper that I talked about do you just absolutely not like the most? 
Um, I want to hear. I want to know. And until then, tribe, remember you are not alone. Black preppers, we are out there. We are many. Uh, We need to unite, learn from each other. Um, Until then, be awake, be aware, and be your best awesome you can be. Peace.